With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome. It's a Monday with Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. For the next couple of hours, we talk sports with you. Thank you for spending some of your morning here with Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller. On the BMW Des Moines guest list here today, well, the wait is finally over. There's going to be a live sporting event in the state of Iowa. I get it. Knoxville's been going, but there'll be another one. In fact, 176 of them. (laughs) 176 games today. I thought that that had to be a misprint when I saw it. Everybody's getting started. Wow, are they ever. 176 games across the state. Baseball and softball, of course, you can hear a couple of them right here on KXNO tonight with my partner Trent Condon. He'll take the air uh, at 6 o'clock. Joined in progress game one of Ankeny Centennial and Roosevelt, followed by the second game in its entirety of the double dip. That comes to us from Principal Park in downtown Des Moines. So we'll have that on the air tonight. But on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, Chris Cuellar is going to join the program. Look forward to catching up with Chris. Uh, he does a fine job for the Iowa High School boys. Um, help me out. Athletic Association. Athletic Association. Okay. Yes, yes. The uh, Girls' Union. Girls' Union. Boys', Boys Association. Association. But Chris Cuellar will be here, and we will uh, go over some of the uh, particulars with Chris. It is opening day in Altoona uh, at Prairie Meadows. They have reopened since they shut down, and we're going to speak with the CEO, uh, Gary Palmer, uh, of Prairie Meadows. 50% capacity there. Prairie Meadows such a, plays such a significant role uh, philanthropically uh, here in Polk County, uh, and um, you know they're back and they're reopened. So we'll find out some of you know what does that mean at fifty percent capacity. Gary Palmer will join us. I know the buffets that are so popular out there mm-hmm. they're cooked. They're they're no longer at least for the time being. Uh, some of the other changes that they've been. Um, forced to make uh, due to the COVID. Uh, Gary Palmer will join us. And then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic just before he jumps in his car uh, and heads off to Carver, is that where the press conference is? Did I see that right? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a Carver today. So, so they uh, can spread out? Is that the purpose would, behind it? I would guess. I don't know. In fact, I don't think I've ever been in that press room inside of Carver. I don't know if it'll actually be on the floor. I don't know what's set up there. Yeah. Is, is the hardwood still down? Has there been anything else? Do they take it down? I I really have no idea. Yeah, well, we'll find out. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic is going to be there. Gary Barta. Look, I, I'm going to apologize to Barta uh, right off the bat. Um, 
you know, kind of a little hard on him. Where is he? he? Got his head in the sand. Does he know what's going on? Uh, apparently, and if this is true, and I have no reason to believe it's not, um, he's he's got a health issue. Mm-hmm. So, understandably so, he wasn't around last week. And I get it. It's a big story, and you'd like to think that he'd be there. But for crying out loud, uh, if it, uh, what I was told is true, then certainly understandable. So, But he'll be there today, and we will uh, find out at 1 o'clock uh, if anything's going to, what's going to come of it. I thought that Friday was a complete waste of time as far as Kirk Ferentz. I, I saw a lot of, you know, step forward. This was a major step. I, I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't, there were, there was, I, I didn't find, see anything of substance from Kirk Ferentz. Now, I enjoyed two of the three players. I found out Keith Duncan's really glad to be back on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, but, um, but the other two were just, um, Merriweather was fantastic. Yes, he was. You know, and, and this was a guy that basically was the first to come out on Twitter and say, look, we're, if, if you don't want to, this is what we're going to do. If you don't like it, we don't want you part of the program, the mm-hmm. Hawkeye fan who doesn't want to change. And we're united. Um, but then when he was asked to t- kind of take credit for that at the press conference, he deflected. I mean, that's leadership right there. That's leadership. Uh, and Kelly Martin, I'd never heard him speak before. He was great. Yeah, he was. He was really good. But Ferentz, I mean, they're moving forward. Well, I would hope they're moving forward. Right. There was nothing concrete nothing. that came out of it. And what, what the plan is, and he was asked about that, you know, what is being done. And there was a lot of um, superlatives, and mm-hmm. but not anything substantial. Nothing concrete that you can say, all right, you understand, I'm making phone calls. I'm talking to people. Well, there needs to be more. There needs right. to be a more in place, and, and there needs to be things that, Fans can see that mm-hmm. media can see that everybody can see this is what's being done. It's not, I don't think it'll, it would ever be swept under the rug, but I think for people that maybe have that thought amongst them, they have ammunition here mm-hmm. because we still now don't know what is being done outside of, well, we had a couple of press conferences and, right. and that's what it is. We know 50 players, 50 former players have come forward and, and they have an issue. And you know, the defenders out there are quick to pick on one or two of them. DJK, I did the fair, no, I, I, I want to digress. The one Ferentz nugget that I took away, he was asked about, he said he read one article. Right, yeah. Any ideas which one that was? I think we have a great feeling which think, one it was. Do you think it was posted at HawkeyeNation.com, perhaps? I think at least right. temp- At least uh, for a while. Right, uh, right. Before it was taken down. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was my thought as, uh, as well. Uh, but look. You know, this is this is fifty players on top of um, you know what the legacy here that the that the uh, the coach Ferentz in his twenty first year, it's taken a hit. I no, mean, yeah. it's the body of work. You go back to Everson and Satterfield. Mm-hmm. You know how that was handled. the The university went to the Supreme Court to make sure that some of these things never saw the light. The Supreme Court, who ruled four three in Iowa's favor against, was it the Iowa City Press Citizen? I believe it was that okay. that, that filed suit uh, that wanted the records and. Well, they did get some of that, and I don't know what was in there or what was not. I mean, it was so important to keep it hidden. And don't give me FERPA. I mean, don't Sally Mason played the FERPA card every chance she could, or HIPAA, FERPA, HIPAA, FERPA. Um, we don't know because it never saw the light of day. Mm-hmm. And then you know you get that ruling, and a year later you got thirteen or twelve, twelve or thirteen players hospitalized for rhabdo. They stick the middle finger up and make up an award for. Uh, your strength and conditioning coach, who after that had to be emboldened. Oh, right? no doubt. Yes. Emboldened. I mean, yes. there's nothing I can do. I, because of this workout, I put 13 kids in the hospital and I'm good. In fact, my, my boss just gave me an award. So when you take a look at the entire Ferentz, and I love the guy, mm-hmm. you know, and I, 
he's been fun to cover for the most part, right? With the exception of these things. This makes you look at him a little bit differently here. At least it does me. And that's on me, you know, for, for kind of not brushing him aside, but, um, you know, when you're, when you're opining on the body of work, you know, there's this part here too. You know, this kind of goes hand in hand to me with something that you said when the FBI scandal first broke in college basketball. You just said, I don't want to know. That I part, don't, I, yeah. I don't That's want true. to know because we all know it's dirty. We all know. And when somebody is at a university for 22 years, there's going to be plenty of mm-hmm. stories that if they're unearthed, paint the football program, the athletic department, the coach in a bad light. That's just the reality mm-hmm. of college athletics. And I'm, I'm sure there's it's a lot of point, people right? out there that are the exact same yep. thing. Yeah. Corners were cut. Things mm-hmm. were not done exactly right the way that... I think most everybody would like to think that they are, but you have a quiet moment. Mm-hmm. I think any fan, regardless of what your team is, understands there are those kind of yeah, things. Yeah, look, it, it, I get it. I get it. Uh, the Cardinal and Gold, Kool-Aid chugging, they are going to look the other way. I, I, You know, I understand that. Penn State fan did. Yeah, Penn State fan did. Iowa fan is. Baylor fan did. And all the circumstances are different. I'm not comparing any of them. But it's just an example of, you know, if if, if you... Anything I just said, if you substitute the word Frost, as in Scott, for Ference, mm-hmm. as in Kirk, um, Hawkeye fans are running over to Iowa or to Nebraska message boards, and they are taking their pound of flesh. That's how it is. I understand it. But 50 kids, um, 50 former players have come forward. I get it. I get it. Uh, not all of them. Um, DJK amongst them. You know, uh, not the not the best resume. Certainly had his demons, as a lot of them have. And the Spearman th- Spearman came forward uh, yesterday, and of course it was quickly pointed. Oh, he had an OWI. Well, you know what? How many people have had OWIs, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm not condoning it by any means, but it's just you know you're twisting yourselves in knots. So what happens today with Gary Bard at one o'clock? Great question. Does Chris Doyle find out his fate today? Again, because I believe it's university. We had this conversation last week and and due process, if you will. I still think this is going to lead up to 30 days before we get an official Mm -hmm. determination going back to last a week ago Friday when he was first uh, suspended with pay by the university. I think that process is going to go on. I'm sure it's ongoing, so there'll be a lot of questions about what is this process look like? Who is involved in the process and, and going through and finding out exactly what is done. You know, another thing that I wondered, uh, back just for a moment to Ference, Friday I had this thought, and as he's talking about making these phone calls and talking to the people, well, he's reaching out to Mike Daniels. Mm-hmm. He's reaching out to the guys that made it through. Right. But is he reaching out to Marcel uh, Jolly? Fair point. Is he Excellent reaching? Point. He's reaching out to the people that didn't have a great experience, right. that didn't make it through their four years, that didn't make it to the NFL, the guys that maybe didn't even end mm-hmm. up at another university to play college football, is he reaching out to those people? Because to really ner- learn and to really listen, you know, we talked about a week before that, those uncomfortable conversations that you need to have. He needs to have those uncomfortable conversations too. It can't just be talking to Adrian Claiborne. No. You can't be just talking to those kind of players that went through it and had ultimately yep. a good experience. Bad experiences inside of it, but still hit their end goal. Talk to those other players. Talk mm-hmm. to those players that thought they were going to make it. Talk to Akron Wadley. Talk to DJK. Those conversations that yeah, there's a lot of bad blood. I, yeah. I understand that. And there's a lot of negativity and a lot of arrows coming Kirk's way. But in order to really find out and get to the bottom of everything inside your football program, 
you have to talk to those people too. Totally agree with you, Trent. You go back to the statement that he put out. Was it Friday or Saturday? I mean, the second line. I wish they wouldn't have made this public. Yep. yep. But it would have been a whole lot easier to keep this in house. Yes. I mean, come on. That's line number two uh, in the statement that he put out. <laughs> I wish they wouldn't have stayed off social. And I'm paraphrasing, but it's along those lines. That was bad. Anyways, maybe Barta comes up with something today. Uh, we'll find out. There's going to be snippets that uh, any new. We're not carrying it live on KXNO. I reached out to AD, uh, not carrying it live, but they will record it. And if there's anything newsworthy, uh, uh, it will be. Um, you'll, you'll hear that sound on Murph and Andy uh, starting today at two. So let's leave that on the side. We don't know what's going to happen. I, I think I would lean your way uh, as far as any resolution on what's going to happen uh, with Chris Doyle. Will Seth Wallace's name come up? Will Brian Ferentz's name come up today? We'll see uh, if that indeed happens. Uh, I think the Brian Ferentz piece is the bigger of those two names just because who does he report to? He reports to Gary Barda. Gary Barda. Right. right. So any questions where Kirk can very easily deflect, Mm -hmm. and he did on Friday when it was asked, there's no deflection here. This is the guy that... You were well, he was asked, but he wasn't asked. He was asked about you know any other coaches. Right. There, no na- there were no names. We know where where that sure, question was going. Been, would have been a little, maybe a little bit more uh, emphatic if the names mm-hmm. were attached to the question. But anyways, I'm not picking nits. That sounds like him, but I, I get it. So we'll find out today um, with Gary Barta um, at uh, at uh, one o'clock. I mean, Twitter will be all over it. But if there's some news that comes out of it, Murph and Andy will have it at two. So let's go back to yesterday. Uh, the golf was okay. Mm-hmm. I tried, you know, look, I watched the entire final round. Something was missing. Fans. Is that what it was, do you yes. think? Yeah. It was just odd. Throughout it really the whole was. Weekend, was. And the golf was pretty good. The, the, there was the exception a, of the short putts. <laughs> right. Oh. And boy, that, oh. that one toiled in out. Oh, how much that sting for oh, Shaffer really? in 17. So as I'm after, watching after Cannon, a couple of back to back thirty footers, huge putts. There's one of those shots from back behind, and, and it's a shot into the green, right behind the player. You see the caddy kind of behind him. Mm-hmm. They're looking 170 out, whatever it is. And there's a grandstand there, nobody. Yeah. There's the tower yeah. with whoever was calling the action from that tower, but just nobody. Well, Faldo around. was back in studio in Orlando. He, he wasn't even there with Nance. It was just so. Odd to yeah. look at that, and that was my wife just gave it a cursory glance. But that was same thing she said. So How you think it's it as simple as it was lacking? Maybe that is it. I think that's what it was. Yeah. It just the galleries had, and the oohs and the ahs yeah. and the and I didn't miss feeling, the, the murmur, in the hole, the murmur of golf. Yeah, you just kind of have that yeah. that's very quiet background mm-hmm. noise that is there. Now you had the blimp overhead; you could hear that mm-hmm. and the, the buzz that that happens with it. But that was the thing for me. It's not a loud event. It's not a loud sport. Right. But Unless in Phoenix, you're in Phoenix. Right. But even right at the uh, stadium hall. Yeah. But the, the, the claps, the applause, the afterwards. And even when a guy would make a putt. And you mentioned Shoffley and one of those that he, that he pounded in. And he's excited. Yeah. But there's, there's nothing Caddy's else. pretty pumped. But that's right. it. Yeah. And that's a good point. Maybe that's simple. It boils down to that. Uh, so let's move on to what we saw last night. And I couldn't have been any more entertained. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the hell out of that. I did. I watched the uh, uh, E60 ahead of that. With It was about Sammy Sosa and um, uh, Jeremy Shep, which was really good. Tim McClellan was a part of it. Oh, nice. McClellan's career, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. just so many so many little nuggets along the way for Tim. And, of course, he was behind the plate. He was the crew chief for the cork. Ba- was he behind the plate? 
think he was. Well, he was a crew chief, anyways, and uh, he was uh, interviewed on the on the E sixty that preceded it. But the um, um, Long Gone Summer was. I thought terrific television. I'm glad that Maris, uh, Roger Maris Jr. was a part of it. Yeah. Uh, I'd forgotten all about him in, in the stands and McGuire hugging the family and the, the brother and sister and Roger Maris Jr. Jack Buck crying. Oh, uh, I forgot I mean, about that. See, I, I don't think I'd ever seen that Well, before. I remember it because of the snot rocket, and I remember people talking about that a lot, too, just you know, pictures of him with the snot rolling down mm-hmm. his face and, and that being a part of it, too. But that moment in him standing and applauding yeah. and then the other people that were broadcasting the game understanding okay we can do this too right yeah chip carry chip carry yeah well chip carry's gotten well we all have gotten old but uh, <laughs> he, he looked old how about the picture of him and his old man skip and then of course grandpa uh harry mm-hmm. uh, pretty good trio there two of them have sadly have passed on right. but uh no it was good it was it was it was really good i get the fact that um you know it was done uh they cheated to get there but at the time, there's no drug testing. Drug nope. testing doesn't come till 2003. Androstenedione and creatine were both legal. Mm-hmm. Both legal. And the conversation, the summer of... So, in totality, what, what we saw last night. I wanted more. I wish this would have been yeah, me too. more parts. Me too. I mean, we've got nothing next Sunday, by no, the way. Right. What's Father's Day? It is. Yeah. But I, I was hoping that we get you know, kind of that angle of, of deeper into the steroid part of mm-hmm. it. They didn't completely look over it, though it was funny. One of the uh, the Cubs people is asked about saying, yeah, he's eating salads. Yeah. <laughs> All right. E- eating salads, I think we know. He won't, he won't admit to it. No, he will not. But at the very end, at the very end, he said, you know, why Why me? Why Everyone's just, done Everyone. Yeah. And for, yeah, I believe him. Mm-hmm. The majority of Major League Baseball was doing it. And but not it, just hitters. Not just hitters. Great point. Pitchers, too. Um, New York Times got the list, and they went public, and Sammy's name was on that list. And you know what was disappointing? Kind of. Um, kind of. Mike Shannon, the fact that it wasn't Joe Buck that got to call 69 and 70. It was Jack Buck was sitting beside him, but mm-hmm. it was Mike Shannon's turn behind them. Come on, Mike Shannon or Jack Buck? Right. Who do you want, right? Uh, now, there is a tie, and I didn't know this. Mike Shannon's best friend in baseball was Roger Maris. Yeah, I didn't realize I had no that, idea. too. So there were a few new snippets there, mm-hmm. but really it was more of a reliving. Yeah. It wasn't going in depth like with MJ, even with Lance Armstrong. This was a reliving, which is okay. It would have been even better if there was baseball going on. Yeah. If that was, there was a lead in game going into that, right. or we have something to look forward to today, and the Cubs and Cardinals happen to be playing, we could be talking about that angle. But there was that moment throughout last night. Again, a, a reaction that I've had with baseball more and more here the last few weeks. Boy, this would be great if there was just mm-hmm. this going on. I just I was got upset again watching it and those kind of moments. And it's really hard to just verbalize. For me as a big baseball fan, what what it means, you can't really describe that feeling. Anybody that was around for 9-11 in that moment with W coming out on the mound mm, and making that, right and the return, the and I hate the Yankees. While wearing maybe, a bulletproof vest, by yeah, the way. More than maybe any organization in sports, I, yeah. just because of the history against my team and, and kind of what they are in baseball, I hate the, but that year in 2001, I was rooting for the Yankees. I didn't want the Were diamond. You? I didn't want the yeah, Diamondbacks right. to win. It didn't seem right. I agree with it you. It didn't seem yeah. right. And yet they did. You know, I think the late Eric Cooper was part of that umpire. I think Coop's told, told or told the story the when 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 W took the mound at Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. to throw out the ceremonial first pitch. Coop was 
Well, I want to say he worked that game because oh, he really? told the story about the secret. Sir, I think it was Eric. I got my questioning myself. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, that's uh, that. That I'll never forget that. But that's mm-hmm. one of my presidential memories. Oh, absolutely. I mean. Yeah. Just and what then, a moment. And that part, and 98, and just the rebuilding of baseball mm-hmm. and how important baseball became again in 1998. And with everything happening in our world, it would be so simple if baseball would, was Trent. back in some kind of fashion. And it will be back, but it's going to be back in an abbreviated fashion. I think we're probably going to see 54 games. Yeah. Uh, nine teams. He plays three home, three away, or ten teams in each division. So you're playing your nine opponents, three, which is which is what fifty four. Uh, anything more than that, unless you go to four times each, four home, four that'd be seventy two. Uh, and they're 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 bound and determined to be finished by September twenty seventh. So it's apparently they are no longer going to exchange uh, proposals. We'll we'll see if there's any resolution this weekend. But the thirty for thirty, I thought it was exceptionally well done. You know, here's a here's a question I had for you and I last night while we're watching it. Cappy, are you in Last Dance? You part of the Last Dance? Cap? Right, right. No, no, those are part of it. Why didn't we ask him about this one? I know it just <laughs> didn't come up. Same kind of thing though. It didn't have the, even the same build up as the. MJ Doc. Well, because we saw, we knew that was coming for a couple of years. Remember right, that was yeah. teased a long time ago, mm-hmm. and it was going to be so good. But man, the, I don't know if this saved baseball '98 because '95 when was it '95 or '96 when Ripken broke the record? I think that was '98. He sat out. Mm-hmm. He stopped this. He stopped the streak in '98, just before the end of the season. I want to say, I think it was '95. When he broke the record? Let's look here. But 35th anniversary. That made a huge impact on getting baseball fans back because of the strike was over mm-hmm. and we were still looking for you know, a reason to watch baseball and Cal Ripken provided us that. I'm pretty sure it was 95. 2632 was the number. Um, 1998. That's when he stopped. Is when it ended. But yeah, twenty six thirty two. But yeah, when he broke it, was ninety five. Ninety five. Ninety five. The ninety five season. That was also the season, I believe, with Griffey Junior. and the Mariners team and one game wild card. Oh, they were yeah. a young, hip, yeah. exciting team. Boy, his swing is on. Un- you know, I saw Jimmy B on Twitter yesterday. He put Will Will Clark had a great swing. Yeah, Ken Griffey Junior. swing is just it's just a Come league on, in its own, isn't it? <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, that, just, that's, it really is. Speaking of that, did you see uh, I retweeted Batting Stance Guy, who's a great follow on Twitter. Oh, so I did see him on Twitter. Was it yeah. you that retweeted it? Okay. Batting Stance Guy, who can, for whatever reason, and this is something I've heard him interviewed before, he's been able to do this, something he did as a little kid, where he would take any major leaguer mm-hmm. and be able to do their swing mm-hmm. basically the exact same way that they did. And he had one yesterday with McGuire and Sosa and uh, the little hop with Sammy, which is great. always so, so good. And uh, another part, just these little nuances of baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, after nine eleven, Sammy, you know, he would always run out. Yeah. He'd, he'd sprint out to his outfield position and, you know, circle in front of the bleachers. But he had a flag after nine mm-hmm. eleven, uh, and and that was great. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're never going to get into the Hall of Fame. Would McGuire have hit seventy without it? Man, if anybody was ever going to, right? Yeah. As he said, he was born to hit home runs. He had 58 the year before. That was another part that mm-hmm. I had forgot. It was mm-hmm. that many. I knew he had... 49 as a rook. Yeah. And I remember that season before, leading into it, of 1997, 
that he had a good year power wise. I don't remember it was fifty eight though. And mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't either. Just how close he was yeah. to the sixty one at that time. That summer was incredible. It, it was great. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that they put the joint press conferences together because mm-hmm. both of those guys had to be, especially McGuire, had to be coming to the end of his rope. You know, the reporters just uh, converging around him and for them to get together, two guys, as it was pointed out, just they, they know what each other's going through because they're going through it together. And McGuire would get up four or five and then Sammy'd go on a little bit of a tear and... What were they tied going into the final week? Was it yeah. 66? 66. Sammy didn't get another. Or was it 65 and Sammy hit 66 and then McGuire went? That's what it was, yeah. That's what it was and went on and, uh, and, and finished up the way that he did. But what a, what a summer. What a summer that was. Uh, I'd forgotten that the Cubs went to the postseason. I, I, I did remember that did piece you? of it. And a Cubs team that didn't have a whole lot of expectations outside of Cubs fans mm-hmm. going into that year. You know, another piece that I just never knew about was La Russa, talking about yeah. McGuire didn't even want to play that last day right. that Sunday. To talk him in, no, he didn't talk him into it. He insisted he upon it. it. Yeah. And he hit two. And he hit two more. Right. To I get to an enough. even 70. <laughs> yeah. And he winked at him as he was running yeah. by him because he was, he was done. He was on fumes uh, at that point. To your question about could he have done it without Andro? Could he have done it without creatine? Could he have done it without steroids if that was a piece during mm-hmm. that time? I think so. I think he could have the way that the way that he was trending, the way that he was building. It's a great unknown. And yep. The arguments about what well, doesn't improve your eyesight. You still have to hit it's the true. baseball. Those kind of things. The other piece but you of it, recover quicker. Yes, you do. The other piece, though, could he have done it without Sammy? He couldn't have got to seventy without. Yeah, Sammy. you know, he said as much. He yeah. said that Sammy pushed him. But he had to think about that one for a mm-hmm. moment, and and I think he was contemplating. And I would say to him. I don't think he gets to 70 without him. Right. Maybe to 62. Yeah. You know but, what was refreshing, too, speaking of that 62, that um, with the, when Sammy took the lead on him yeah. after after Maguire was first to get there, I was glad that he made it known that, you know, I, I didn't want Sammy to win. I, I wanted to, you know, screw him. I wanted the record, yes, right? Yes, yeah. Because uh, up to that point, it had been a pretty chummy type of thing, mm-hmm. but the competitiveness came out at him when it, uh, when it had to do with that. It was really well done. I mean, it was really, really well done. So for me, it's Last Dance 1, mm-hmm. um, Long Gone Summer 2, Lance 3, Bruce Lee, a distant fourth. You got the also correct order. Also ran. <laughs> the correct order, right. yes. yes. Also competing. Right. Bruce Lee. Yeah. Uh, that did nothing for me. So now we've, we're left with nothing on Sunday nights. I guess I'll go back to watching Billions Live instead of on tape the next All day. All right. Got golf. Yeah, we will have golf again this week, we'll right? Still no spectators? Week. Right. Uh, I think we're still three weeks away is before spectators is? are going to be back. And as we talked about a couple of weeks ago with the John Deere Classic over in the Quad Cities being canceled for this year, mm-hmm. apparently they're going oh, to play. That was going to be first, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, with fans. They are going to play an event in uh, same area. I don't know what course it's going to be, but where Jack, the memorial is going to be mm-hmm. the week previous, somewhere in Ohio. Okay. They're going to play and they're going to, I don't even know, maybe it is at the same course, regardless though. And uh, that field sounds like is going to be stacked up like this field was. And boy, that leaderboard Ooh, throughout the week. Shiny. That was, yeah, it was. That was a good one. And, and that certainly captivated me a whole lot more, just having those names up there. A lot of names that you know mm-hmm. made it more interesting, certainly going into the weekend. And Life sports. Yeah, How fun, fun, huh? It was. It was It was good to see. It really was good to see. So uh, we will uh, sit back and wait till there's some resolution in MLB. Uh, um, the NBA's moved up, right? They're going to try and get started in July. I saw that there was a group of players that's 
I got together and maybe the 2017 class mm-hmm. who's about to cash in, they want to make sure that there are um, the necessary steps in place because they're about to, at least the guys at the top of that class, to get paid uh, handsomely. Anyways, right. we will come back with Chris Cuellar. He will join the program. You will be at Principal Park tonight. Yes, Des Moines Roosevelt, preseason number nine in the Coaches Association mm-hmm. rankings. They'll go up against Ankeny Centennial. I uh, just completed my Metro division of the CIML. That preview will be up at KXNO.com later today. Ankeny Centennial, when I did the Central Division, though, last week, they were my top pick there. They are not in the top 10 from the Coaches Association. They're not in the top 10. And I like Centennial a lot. They are certainly, for me, preseason top 10 in Class 4A this year. I would say top 5. I'm going to hopefully have that up by tomorrow, my top 10. But Centennial-Roosevelt, though not on paper a top 10 matchup, I certainly think it's going to be. We'll join in progress. Game number one at about 6 o'clock. We'll take over the airwaves then. Mm-hmm. Myself, Rush Niggett, will be on the call with me. And then uh, 7 o'clock will be the estimated start time for game two. Full play-by-play. Brought it to you, the last sporting event with the ball <laughs> here in the state of Iowa with the Iowa Boys High School Basketball Championship. And we will do it again here on KXNO with baseball tonight. Ah, good stuff. 176 games taking place uh, across this wonderful state that we call home. Uh, we will talk to Chris Cuellar coming up next. Look forward to catching up with Chris Cuellar, Iowa High School Boys Athletic Association. There you go. Uh, we'll join the program next. We'll find out uh, what um, what kept him up last night. What do you think it was? Oh, that's a great question. As a communication director, I wonder. The one thing I, I had in my notes that I want to ask him is: he's is he getting requests across the country? Oh, from like ESPN, for, right? Yeah, I bet I better make Sports Center tonight. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised yeah. at all. Uh, Gary Palmer, the CEO of Prairie Meadows, they are now reopened. At limited capacity, we'll talk to Gary Palmer. I think race. In fact, I know racing season starts this weekend. I think it's when's the nineteenth. Is that Friday? That is Friday night. So yep. they hope uh, racing season starts on Friday at Prairie. I think they were scheduled to start late April. That's when they normally did, or maybe they moved to what, what would have been Derby Day. Uh, but we'll talk to uh, about Prairie Meadows and then Scott Dockerman. What does he anticipate? Gary Barda is going to say now. Doc on an athletic podcast, and you know I don't listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to sports. Um, mentioned that Barta was part of that emotional meeting last Monday. Oh, really? And that apparently, I'm taking this secondhand. We'll find out from Doc when he joins us. Um, it was it got a little rambunctious, a little awkward for Barta, a little heated. Hmm. I guess some of the players had some things to get off their chest. Yeah, I listened to that podcast that he did with Stuart, did you Stuart mention- Mandel and Bruce. Feldman, but it was kind of in the background, and I must have missed that part of it. I'll have to go back and listen. Uh, I, I, I read that somewhere. Of course, there's no mistakes on the internet, so no, it had no, to be not right. At all. right. Uh, it's just past 10.30, Miller and Condon. We'll talk uh, high school sports, boys uh, baseball with Chris Cuellar next. We have uh, high school baseball on these airwaves tonight. Trent Condon, Rush Niggett will be at Principal Park for Ankeny Centennial, Centennial and Roosevelt. Trent and I take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. And their families. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon.
around and welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, 11 o'clock hour. CEO of Prairie Meadows, Gary Palmer. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic before he heads over. And uh, here's what Gary Barta has to say. That press conference is at 1. No live coverage of the event here. They will play uh, highlights of it. If there are uh, anything, if there is, rather, anything newsworthy to come out of it, Murph and Andy will have that at 2. We have Chris Cuellar right now from the Iowa High School Boys Athletic Association. It is opening day, baseball and softball-wise, being combined 176 games across the state today. Chris, Trent, and Ken, good to speak with you. Chris Cuellar, how are you? I'm doing okay. Thanks for having me back on, guys. Um, been a very interesting last uh, month or two or three, yeah. and uh, so I'm, I'm just excited uh, that uh, there's an opportunity for sports out there today. Yeah, we uh, you're preaching to the choir, no doubt about it, and it culminates today with those uh, those last couple of months with the actual games. Well, what kept you up last night, Chris Cuellar? What caused you a, a restless night, if anything, in anticipation of what's going to unfold today? Ken, I sleep pretty well. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, we've kind of entered the last few weeks with the understanding that things might change. Um, and so I think once you kind of accept that, uh, there, there's not much that I guess is, is too bothersome. There, there are going to be some processes and some guidelines, whether that's health or safety or actually sport-related, that we might just need to adjust on over the next few weeks. And, and we might not have gotten it right right out of the gate. Um, but this is a learning experience for everybody. And as I think folks who are, are probably paying attention right now are very well aware we're the first state in the country to have team sports back because we're the only state in the country that has scheduled summer high school sports. Um, so we're the, we're the only game in town right now. So um, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs seeing what you know goes right and what goes wrong, and we're going to hear about it. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be us, up to us to uh, try and fix it as quick as we can. After you, as the association, got the go-ahead from the governor that this was going to be a possibility, take us back to those moments and the decision, will we, won't we, what went into it? I know there was certainly planning that went in, but in that interim period after, all right, it can happen, now will it happen? What you did at the association to make the final decision, yes, we're going to play summer baseball. Oh, man, Trent. Uh, it was kind of a whirlwind few weeks because I, I even personally went from I don't see us playing mm-hmm. to, oh, wow, I think we're going to play within the span of about a week, and then it really sped up the week that we got the announcement. So um, it was just a matter of kind of kicking all those contingency plans we had in the works um, off. And I think, honestly, the most important thing those last couple weeks of May was getting health and safety guidelines all shored up, um, even more than – than maybe baseball, um, you know, getting information out to our schools and our athletic directors and, and the public on, on what those safety protocols were going to be uh, was was a huge challenge. Um, and so I think the biggest rush for us was going from, you know, hearing the governor's announcement and then seeing the, you know, two pages of guidance that the Department of Education had issued, um, you know, kind of preliminarily, um, and then, you know, we had to get with our board and the girls union got with their board on softball. And those those meetings happened fairly quickly. And then, you know, on my end, rushing out the announcement that we were actually going to play. <laughs> and then within the span of a handful of days, you know, sending out 5000 words of, of things that people would have to consider and do and, and take take into account um, to get the season started. So just trying to turn all that stuff around was kind of crazy. So um, to finally get to today where there are games being played and and fortunately we haven't heard of any 
um, you know, outbreaks uh, among our baseball programs, um, you know, or, or softball programs or schools to this point, um, you know, is, is kind of uh, crazy to, to look back and consider. Chris Cuellar is our guest. Chris, when uh, Governor Reynolds last week uh, took us into the next phase of reopening the state of Iowa, what, if anything, did that, did that do as to how you will accommodate fans uh, at your games? Did, 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 did it relax any of the restrictions that might have been in place prior to this next phase of Iowa opening up? Yeah, not at an association level um, because we had essentially you know, offered local school or, or conference control to some of those decisions so that they could follow their best guidelines. And um, my understanding is many school districts and conferences have implemented you know, their own plans, um, whether it's two people you know, per player, three people per, per player, or some kind of adjusted uh, attendance. Um, so th- those plans have already been in place, and, and I, don't, I haven't heard of a single school that, that has changed it based on last week's announcement. So let's say that there's something going on and somebody has a concern. They're at a ball game and they don't see social distancing happening. They, they don't see kind of the guidelines that you have laid out. I'm sure that the school still individually, each one of them, have their own parameters and concerns are going to go to them. But if it gets to your guys' level, what would happen? If, if you find out that a school, a baseball program, isn't following the guidelines, what's the next step? Well, it's starting with a conversation um, because, you know, a lot of things aren't going to get all the way back to us. Or if they do, it's probably going to be anonymous. I can show you my email inbox. <laughs> but <laughs> the the bigger issue would be addressing it with the school and, and seeing what kind of administrative concerns, you know, are, are happening that this stuff is not being enforced at an, a publicly acceptable level. Um, and then working with the member schools to, to try and implement a plan to, to make that happen. Um, you know, obviously we don't want anything to get more severe than that because that would mean that, uh, you know, we're, we're potentially compromising the, the health of the public and the, and the people going to these games. Um, so I, I do believe, and I've heard by all accounts from all baseball people that, People that are closely involved with the game, let me say, that they are willing to, you know, do and follow guidelines, you know, as, as necessary um, to ensure that, you know, their student-athletes and, and their coaches uh, can have a season. Yeah, I've heard the same thing, that everybody's taking this very seriously, which is which is great news. So do you know, was it, was it part of the guidelines uh, that each staff has a, air quote, COVID coach? Will the schools have a for lack of a better term, a COVID monitor to be watching what's going on in the stands and and not necessarily between the lines, but outside the lines? Will there be a monitor? And do you know if each staff is required to have, um, you know, one of their coaches uh, that that's all he or she does? No, I, you know, we we haven't used any terminology like that, but, but I think when you start to delegate responsibilities and it's, you know, administrator will monitor, you know, bathrooms being clean, you know, bleachers being used limited, um, you know, stuff that's coming inside the facility and then coaches are responsible um, for handling, uh, you know, sanitary, you know, concerns and safety issues and, and how the team is spaced out, obviously, it makes sense that those would be delegated. So if those are terms you've heard, that that kind of makes sense to me, I suppose, um, because, you know, maybe one assistant or someone who was formerly maybe a volunteer assistant or, or a manager that might be responsible for each individual duty. Um, there are a lot of things to be concerned about. So I, I could understand how maybe those titles might take off a little bit. Speaking of that, what still concerns you? You didn't you slept well last night, but what has you at least nervous here throughout the day and and into the more into tomorrow? Because there's still plenty of hurdles here, and 
We don't know until what 1 o'clock today when things get started at Principal Park with the first varsity action, at least. I know there's other JV ninth grade games that will be happening throughout the day, but what still concerns you leading into the games? On the micro level, over the next couple of days, we need to hear what works and what doesn't um, from our ADs and our coaches, and I'm sure spectators will let us know as well. Um, you know, and some of that will be dictated at a local level, but, um, we need to know which some of these guidelines, you know, are successful, um, which we need to adjust or reconsider or clarify. Um, that's going to be really important, uh, over the next few days. On a personal level, my, my, my greater long-term concern is that, uh, late July and Principal Park feels a long way away. Mm. and I, I want to make sure that all of our member schools and all of our member and all in all the areas across the state have an opportunity to compete um, you know for as long as, as they're comfortable doing so um, and that nobody gets left out in that process um, you know I, I understand things can change I, I just really I, it kind of gives a, a little pit in my stomach um, when I think about if some communities in hot spots or school districts in hot spots get left out either by having to drop out or um you know but players needing to step aside from the team or other schools refusing to play them for some reason um that that's outside the association control um that, that that's a concern that i have and and i feel like uh you know I'll, I'll feel a lot better if we can get into august and everything goes off and kids are safe have you been contacted by Sports Center or CBS HQ or any of those uh, national entities for some video of what goes on in our state today, Chris, that you're aware of? Uh, quite a few. I uh, believe ESPN. I don't know if they're actually sending cameras out or where they're doing it, but we were in contact with ESPN and they were going to do a Sports Center hit on that. So um, hopefully people can keep their eyes out for something like that over the next couple of days. Um, you know, and then a handful of uh, other national outlets um, are, are keeping tabs on us closely, um, uh-huh. <laughs> which is uh, which is a little different than what I usually deal with, uh, taking calls from uh, <laughs> rural photographers who are concerned about where they can line up and, and get a good shot of the batter. But um, <laughs> It's uh, it's definitely made it interesting, and and uh, I, I think it's I think it's cool for the game, and I and I, I think that out of all this weirdness and all these adjustments and precautions we're taking this summer, hopefully the kids that are participating for their schools um, can take a little bit of satisfaction in knowing that uh, uh, you know all the eyeballs are going to be on them mm-hmm. and kind of all the attention on them for the next couple months. Finally, uh, from me, a nuts and bolts kind of question as it pertains to baseball. Normally we're a couple of weeks into the season already because of the condensed schedule. Substates, regional play, the brackets, when they're going to be released. How is that going to play out here throughout the summer? Because you said it feels like a long ways away. It's seven weeks away before, a uh, little less than seven weeks before we'll be at Principal Park. No, you're exactly right. Um, the postseason assignments are just going to have to be put together quicker. Um, so we've informed schools and ADs that um, it's going to look very geographic. Um, mm. I, you know, I think we've done a better job over the last couple of years of separating some of the power. Yep. Um, you know, we're, we're not, st- we're still not the girls union and we're probably not going to be the girls union, um, in, in getting the top eight to the state tournament. But, um, we, we, we try to balance out things for quality and, you know, you cover enough CIML games, Trent, you, you know how many great teams there are in yes. central Iowa, especially in the, in the 4A level. Um, and it, it's just going to be more geographic this year. Um, I, you know, and, and it's obviously going to come a lot quicker. We usually have a little more data before we put together those assignments than, um, than nothing. So, uh, for class 1A and 2A, they might see their district assignments coming out in the next week or two, um, which is kind of hard to believe. Um, uh, but, uh, 
then seeding can take place and, and, and coaches have a say in all that, which, which will help the process out a bit. Um, they'll have a few more games before under their belts before they can try to make any determinations. But, um, yeah, it's going to have to really come together uh, quickly. I don't know the answer to this. I mean, I saw Roosevelt practice and they were all wearing masks. Do you have to wear a mask during a game? You don't, do you, or do you? I don't know. Des Moines Public Schools, um, I believe, implemented their own measures um, asking okay. for players to wear them in the dugout. I don't know that they have okay. to wear them while they're actually out on the field, but uh, that's more of a local decision. Chris Quayar, Chris, great stuff. Thanks for coming on uh, when uh, the announcement was made. And uh, today here is the curtain goes up on baseball and softball throughout the state of Iowa, 176 games today. Chris Quayar, thank you. Good luck to you. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Chris Cuellar from the Iowa High School uh, Boys Athletic Association. Some breaking news. The University of Iowa has reached an agreement with Chris Doyle. A separation agreement has been announced with Iowa and Chris Mm. Doyle. Also, a uh, quote here, a statement from Gary Barta. The University of Iowa has reached a separation agreement with Executive Director of Football and Head Strength and Conditioning Coach Chris Doyle. We wish Chris the best moving forward in his career. Also a statement from Doyle in there a little bit longer, but that has been settled. Money has been exchanged, I would guess. Yep, for sure. And uh, staying quiet, probably also a part of that agreement. Oh, without a doubt. uh, Without a doubt. This will be the only thing you hear from Chris Doyle. So um, how long does it go? Well, you did say, this is from Chris Doyle's statement, my family and I are looking forward to the next chapter. Doesn't sound like he's done... You know, done working. Well, now it's another thing whether he's going to get an opportunity. Well, and being a, a head coach of a college strength and conditioning program, that's one thing. NFL, consulting, that type of thing, mm-hmm. certainly still on the page because of the way that he is regarded inside that community. Mm-hmm. He is going to find work. Maybe not work at a Big Ten level. No. Maybe at the college football level, but there will certainly be a gig for him going forward. Still just, what, 51, 52? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Early that 50s, That seems though. right. Yeah, that, seemed, that would seem he's, right. He's got a long time before retirement age, and mm-hmm. obviously he's made plenty of money, but this, uh, his next step, we now know officially, will not be at the University of Iowa. Well, uh, good for getting out in front of it here today in advance of the 1 o'clock uh, press conference. You don't want to make that announcement right. at it, so they did it ahead of that. Uh, we will talk to Scott Dockerman more about this coming up in about a half hour. Doc is going to join us. We'll come back. We'll finish out the hour. Gary Palmer, uh, Prairie Meadows reopened uh, today, this morning. We'll talk to the CEO of uh, one of the major entertainment options here in Polk County. Gary Palmer joins us at 11. Scott Dockerman, 1120. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station 1460, KXNO 106. All right, final couple of minutes, first hour of the program. Scott Dockerman is going to join us in about 25 minutes. Just tweeted that based on I was uh, 15 on finishing 15 last year in the national rankings, Chris Doyle was scheduled to make $896,000 this year, which was a 12% raise. He also had a rollover 21-22, and that Iowa needed to void that by April the 1st. Uh, So, Maybe some particulars will come out for the buyout. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. But eight hundred, eight hundred ninety-six grand. Chris Doyle was making. That's good money. That it is. He was. That's, that's, that spends a long way in that in eastern Iowa. Yeah, you can get Whew. quite the uh, quite the house and car and everything else in between for that. I do wonder. 
You know, Dylan Doyle, and I know I we posed the question. Him, yeah. I feel bad for him. He His whole life was in Iowa City. Yep. He dreamed of being an Iowa football player. He was yep. ascending to be a good mm. player for the Hawkeyes, and it's gone. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Those conversations, if he was a part of it, and I don't know officially if we've heard if he was part of those meetings Monday, Tuesday of last week before his decision to announce he's transferring. Oh, boy, it would have been awkward if he was. Oh, yeah. in those. How about Jack Kerner, by the way? Never mentioned him. Right. What an incredible, uh, sad, near tragic. I mean, mm-hmm. the the guy that was driving the, um, oh, is his last name Croston or Croston? I shouldn't have known this. I don't. It, I've slipped my mind. Uh, but he's had his left leg amputated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was really severe condition. And the worst part about that, Parents can't visit him. Oh, because of COVID. COVID yeah, parents. Wow. There was a caring bridge. I think Keith Murphy retweeted it uh, that I clicked on and, and read about it. But Jack Kerner, by all accounts, is um, going to be fine. We don't know about football, fine, but mm-hmm. that is way secondary. Oh, absolutely. Uh, which good news out of him. It sounds like you know, other than you know the circumstances, the loss of limb. Um, you know, it could have been worse. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when that first started to come out, what, Saturday morning? I Saturday think it was, morning, yeah. When uh, some of those details started to crop up on Twitter and social media. And, and at the time, there were so many man, people just didn't know exactly the way that that was going to play out. You hear life lifted and, mm-hmm. and just how scary that is. Taken to Columbia University, Missouri. And, and two people hospitals. that were on the water probably saved them because sounds yeah. of things, they were both knocked out. And um, obviously, if you're knocked out, it drowned. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, Gary Palmer from Prairie Metals will lead off the second hour of the program. They're reopened. A lot of changes, I'm assuming. We'll find out from Gary Palmer. And then 25 minutes or thereabouts. From now, we will talk to Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Trent and Rush Niggett have high school baseball tonight. At 6, more about that. We're here until noon, 1460, KXNO 106.3 FM.